Nick's watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick's is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick's and Grace. Welcome, everyone, to episode 75 of There's No Place Like Tara, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. Uh, and today we're going over season four, episode nine, Scorched Earth. Um, crap, I had an AKA. I don't remember. <laughs> come back to me. Okay. AKA, come back to me. Come, come back, back to me. I actually, I don't. I don't have... I had thought of one and I did not write it down, so now I forgot it, so neither one of us have an Good AKA. Good job, us. Oh, Magrathea. What's Magrathea? That was my AKA. Scorched Earth, AKA Magrathea. AKA Sulfur People? Did you ever watch Hey Courage Guides to the Galaxy? No. Oh. Magrathea is the the planet where the planet builders, the custom planet builders live on. Oh, crap. And they can custom, if you're you're rich and have a ton of money to build, they can custom design you a planet. See, Hitchhikers is one of those that I picked up. Via osmosis. Gotcha. Just where I think I've seen it in, in Drips and Drabs and I've re- I've tried, attempted to read it. I would say listen multiple to the, times. B- the original BBC uh, radio play version. <gasps> I'm going to do that. Because I like radio I things. I think it's my favorite version of it. Really? Yeah, it's okay. kind of amazing. Yeah, I will definitely do that because I've tried the movie and I've tried um, I've tried the book and I can't seem to get through either one. It's uh, and it's not the story. I just can't get through them. Like yeah. something happened. You get to squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm part dog. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so Scorched Earth first aired on August twenty fifth, two thousand. Written by Joe Mazzoli and Paul Muley. Actually, this was their first script. Oh, okay. It it aired after one of Opportunity, but this was the first one they wrote. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, and directed by Martin Wood. Uh, so the the one sort of big guest star that I instantly knew was Aleum was is played by Ale, um, Alessandro Giuliani. Giuliani, okay. yeah. Uh, he's best known as Gata on Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. No, he's one of the. Um, and Karen's, right? Yeah, he's like okay. the main, the, the, the main younger, guy. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one whose wife is about to have a baby. Yes. Gotcha. With okay. the, the creepy mustache. <laughs> Sorry. Creepy mustache. Yeah. I kept looking at the head in Karen, the woman, and mm-hmm. going, I know it's not Kate McKinnon. It's but not. it's Kate McKinnon. It kind of looks like, like Kate McKinnon. She, she's like, the, like that woman who's like, like Kate, Kate McKinnon's McKinnon, mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he was also in Smallville. Uh, and while I don't know Death Note very well, I do know that it is a much beloved, uh, you know, anime series. He voices L in the English versions. Oh, as one of the main characters. I've watched Death Note. I yeah. haven't watched very much of it. Well, he he voices L. If you're if you're list not if you listen to the dub version. Okay. Okay. Which. In our place, not a lot of anime is done in the dubbed version. But. Oh, we do a lot of dub things. There's a lot of old kung fu movies that are real fun to watch. Yeah, we do. We do more subtitles in this house. Um, and he's currently in the 100 on CW. Oh, right on. Fun fact, though, he's a bachelor of music and vocal opera performance. Oh my! Like he's a little. He, he can sing opera. And actually, you hear him sing in Battlestar Galactica. Wow. Him break out his vocal chops. There's something so interesting to me about the operatic voice where it just doesn't sound human almost. No. It's like, what do you do? What alien creature is inhabiting your body right now? To be fair, one of my one of my best friends is an opera singer. I also question whether she's from Earth, so it kind of fits. <laughs> I love you to death. <laughs> 
Uh, she's probably from the same planet I am, to be fair. Yeah, it's not like any of us are any less weird. No. I'm still waiting for my superpowers to come in. I'm waiting. It's happening. It's going to happen. You know what it is. I need to just, you know, move through the pain whenever I'm sick as there opposed to taking meds. Yeah, that I is mean, your body, like, in its regenerative <laughs> form. Yeah. if I bet it wasn't easy for Wolverine to take in that adamantium exactly. skeleton. That was probably painful. It looked like it hurt a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He wasn't like, no, no, stop. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> no, they didn't really give him that option. <laughs> Pain is yeah. change. Uh, actually, so we should do. You know how I react to mosquito bites. That's I oh, think yeah. one of the mosquito bites at some point is going to turn me into a superhero. At oh, some that's point. that's it's what's going to happen. Gonna, mine's going to come Spider-Man that, style, yeah, or a vampire because yeah. you're going to be part bloodsucker. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, mine. Yours may we'll start come. Calling you blood. Your 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 body is naturally wanting to mutate yeah. to a superhero. Mine is going to come via mosquito. Yeah. Bite. Yeah. Come so, here. You are now a person with a thing, and then you can live on the mascara. Well, I've already been there because I was born there. <laughs> um, so we start the episode in a very happy Uncaran village, and they are celebrating Yay. the fact that the SGC helped them find a new planet and save them, and Jack's, as usual, roguish charm. <laughs> and uh, um, what was it? Had, had, oh, I just blanked on how to pronounce her name. Had, 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 Hedrasar? Uh, I think Thank you. Hedrasar. Yeah. I just watched this multiple times. <laughs> One of them was earlier today. Yeah. Hedrazar, thank you. Uh, even promises to name her grandchild the firstborn here oh, on God. this planet after Jack, which causes the entire rest of the team, including Teal, to pause and yeah. find that amusing. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised they weren't like, oh my God, please. <laughs> um, wouldn't it be funny, though, she used the wrong number of L's? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, or maybe they just called the baby O'Neill. There you just go. Just call it O'Neill. Just call it O'Neill. It's his nickname. The one downside so far is since they only had a short time to check the planet's weather conditions or the <laughs> other side of the planet, uh, they'll have a colder winter here than predicted. That's certainly the only bad thing that they didn't detect on the planet. That's nothing else. That's stop um, talking now. But he- <laughs> Hedrazar uh, knows that they are hardy people and they will survive. Mm. Also, they have this convenient Naquita reactor that Ta-da! the SGC gave yeah. them to keep them warm. <laughs> I mean, look how much they've gotten done in a month. Come back in a year and you'll see how much the planet has transformed. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. (laughs) Then a man named Caleb runs in, calling for help. Uh, he, He tells them that something huge destroyed his entire village and it's coming this way. And he brings the people to the Stargate to see it for themselves. It is a gigantic Independence Day sized ship. Original Independence Day. I just saw the new one that is much larger. Uh, oh. Gosh, I haven't shooting. seen the new one, but I'm not going to... I wish you guys could see our notes because I wrote exactly Independence Day ship. <laughs> Alien ship sets fire. Independence, Independence Day. Day. Yeah. I mean, it's Independence it Day ship. the same ship. They may have borrowed the they ship. They probably borrowed it. And, you know, like sometimes these other landforms are like, crap, my 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 ship is in the shop. Yeah. That's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> See that three times fast. Uh, and so he calls his My buddy and he's like, hey, in the shop. I know you just got like your ass kicked by Earthlings, but can you buy a borrow your ship? And it's like, yeah, we just got it redone. So just be careful with the fenders. Don't yeah. like set anything on fire. Yeah, no. It's no. like, no, I'm not going to set. Why would I? Why would I set things on fire? I, like, I mean, look, I'm just saying, just don't be setting things on fire with it. Yeah. Can you just do that. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of course I wouldn't. I would never. I would never do exactly do that. Do exactly what you just asked me not to do. Uh, I and will, scene. So I will say, uh, uh, I just saw the new Independence Day. Oh, okay. 
It is the exact thing that you expected it to be. Okay. It is both a highly enjoyable and highly do not think about the plot film. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Exactly what the original one was. That's what they're built for. That's yeah. what they're built for. Now there is, the speech is not quite as good. Oh. Uh, the ship is much larger. I think you saw in the trailers. Like, the ship is like a fifth the size of the Earth. Okay. Okay. It basically... Like t- it, it's, it's it's just we're gonna ram into yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, watch it. Okay, I, I enjoyed it. I'll check it out. Also, for those of you who've seen um seen a- Atlantis, the the main character played by the other Hemsworth, as I call him, <laughs> <laughs> Liam Hemsworth. Oh yeah, uh, basically could just be channeling uh, Shepard. The entire time. That's all I saw was just John Shepard as the lead of the film. I don't know any Shepherds. You'll get that reference. I don't know any Shepherds except. I mean, from we're Grace rolling. Man. We're in the fourth season. Yeah, we're like halfway funny. towards Atlantis. I was just scrolling through my you know Hulu yeah. feed trying to find it, and I was like third season. No, not third. Yeah. Oh, we're fourth season. Sweet. And then I almost peeked ahead, but I did it, I promise. Don't. Good girl. <laughs> yeah, we're like halfway towards Atlantis. It's kind nice. of awesome. Um, for it. So anyway, uh, he shows them the giant independent spaceship, uh, and it's shooting fire down on the yeah, mountains. Just straight up. And we get some CG shots of it just destroying the area. It's just vomiting fire. It's vomiting like, it's fire. Because it's not even like, pew pew. Like, no, it's just no. like, bleh, bleh. fire. Mwah. Is inceptioning fire. Yes. <laughs> uh, fun fact: uh, Elam's wife is uh-huh. actually the pregnant wife of executive producer Michael Greenberg. Whoa! Yeah, we keep it all in house. All in house. <laughs> and also, apparently, Caleb was not supposed to trip and faceplant as he ran into the village. <laughs> the actor just did that on the first take. Fell so hard he actually hurt himself oh. a bit, but he acted his way through that. Yes. And that's how you get some movie magic. And everyone's like, should we ha-? No, he's still no, keep acting. Keep going, keep going. He's yeah. still acting. Don't, don't, ruin, don't, the don't, take. don't ruin the take. <laughs> and credits. Nice. So we come back and we're in a briefing room, and Sam tells the team, minus Tilk, that Anne Hammond, uh, well, Hammond's there, minus, just minus Tilk. That they, they think that the ship is two miles in diameter, and its death fire is sweeping for about <laughs> 20 miles, and it's spreading an unknown gas in its wake. Yikes. Um, so, it's about 26 hours from the village that they were just in, mm-hmm. but it will take out the Stargate before it takes out the village, and that's where Teal'c is, at the village, and he is prepping the team for MVAC, EVAC, um, but right now they have absolutely no clue where they're going to send him. Um... Because the low levels of ra- any low levels of radiation cause the Incarns to go blind, which I'm assuming that's why our lead Hed- I'm just gonna call her Hetty. Oh, I like that, like Hetty Lamar. Yeah, I'm just gonna call her Hetty. That's why I think that's why Hetty's probably blind. Um, oh, and- yeah, from the I think they do mention that yeah. actually. Yeah, and and so they and they need this the the super dense ozone of that planet, or they're gonna die. The only other planet that would work is the Incarn homeworld, but there's no Stargate there, and we have no clue where it is. Yeah, it's um, basically gone forever and never been. And because the ghoul kidnapped their ancestors by ship, so they have no clue right. where their homeworld is. Right. SG-5, 6, and 9 is out looking for a new planet, but mm-hmm. it took them so long to find this one. Yeah, that it's, it's not exactly easy to comb the universe no. for planets. no. <laughs> Uh, and they can only the Incarns can only be on Earth for a couple days yeah, before they start how, feeling the effects. Like, wrong, the atmosphere is for exactly. Them. 
So on top of that, it took two weeks to even get everyone to the planet because mm-hmm. there's a lot of Incarns. Right. Um, and they're spread on villages. And they're not distances. stopping breathing, apparently. Nope. It's like, guys, nope. hold on for a minute. Nope. Let's get you home first. So you know, even if they started evacuating everyone right now, they mm-hmm. could not get everyone off the planet in 26 hours, even if they had a place for them so, to go. Yeah, they're between these two. They're just in a real shitty situation. Yes. Uh, so in Sam's lab, Sam is looking at the analysis of the gas mm-hmm. in, that the uh, that the ship is spreading in its wake as mm-hmm. Jack and Daniel come in. It has high amounts of sulfur dioxide. Yeah. And Jack immediately thinks chemical warfare, but Sam doesn't think so. Yeah. Um, she shows Jack the microscope, and she see and he sees little fuzzy orange things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack and Daniel are just letting Sam do They're her Sam people. thing. And- <laughs> the sulfur. <laughs> Yes. Little tiny fart people. Little tiny fart microbes. Um, <laughs> but she explains that the they're, the microbes that the ship is depositing on the planet only after all the native organisms have been destroyed. And they'll bond with the sulfur in the soil, decay, and release sulfur dioxide. And she thinks it's the building blocks of a new ecosystem. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. So, basically, they just replaced, from what we know, to mm-hmm. make you familiar, is replace carbon with sulfur. So is that pretty yes, much what we're dealing that's with? literally okay. exactly, which leads me to my first of the two science according <laughs> Sulfur-based life forms versus carbon-based life Yay! forms. Yay! So that we did not plan that. <laughs> no, we did not. point that out, yeah. <laughs> we are carbon-based. Carbon yeah. is super friendly. It bonds with all these other elements easy. Uh, it, it has to do... it up, carbon. Exactly. <laughs> it has to do with valiant, valiance bonds, uh, which I will not go into because... A, it, I don't, it's not one I understand well enough mm-hmm. to explain to others. Um, many astrobiologists, which, by the way, is a really kick-ass job to be an astrobiologist. Yeah, no um, Assume that other life forms in the universe will also be carbon-based. Um, and then there's others that say that that is carbon chauvinism. <laughs> which, I love that term. And yes, a well-known carbon chauvinist is my favorite dude. Oh my. Carl Sagan. <laughs> uh, this, a carbon Chauvinists is a name for a band, right? Like Carbon Chauvinists is definitely a yeah, name yeah, for a band. That's, yeah, a, that's a bad name. I'm, I'm praying that one down. So, not too many of our elements are as easily flexible as carbon. Like, there's a reason carbon-based life is so... I say popular. We really have only found it on Earth. Uh, yeah. But it's it's a reason it's so easy is because carbon bonds with everything. So it's so easy to work with okay. that, you know, when this when when this, the easiest point, pl- the words, yeah. the easiest way to get between two points is straight line. You might right. as well do the curvy, turvy road right. on the side to get there. Um, so because so basically we're they're just more available. Yes. Okay. Um, silicone is actually the next most likely, uh, and but they form differently than carbon compounds. Okay. Um, a lot of science fiction, if you're going to go with a non-carbon based life form, go with silicon based life forms. Gotcha. Um, and so there's also an idea that life doesn't have to use water. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, every all the life that we know is sort of like, oh, there are a couple of microbes, if I remember correctly, in volcanic vents under the ground by this. But the idea that we we're water, water soluble, most of our bodies of water, most of what we make up is water. Um, but there's the idea that some life forms would need ammonia 
or okay. sulfuric acid in the same way that we need water. Yeah, it's a hard concept to wrap your brain around. It is. You're like, that's death. That's it's death. Some other exactly. things. That's life. The, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, and it's they kind of play off this possibly in the movie Signs because water is their poison. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it's kind of played off in that. Um, sulfur, like that's just a long shot for life to be based off that. Okay. Uh, if if there were, they wouldn't look. I I can't imagine they'd look anything even like the the life forms that we see. As being the sulfur-based so I guess. Yeah, because there's limitations as to how sulfur can bond with other elements. It, it pairs great with carbon. Like, it's a great backup singer. It doesn't <laughs> work well as the lead singer because it can only form, like, yeah, like it has chains. a drug addiction. It really doesn't know how yeah. to handle the limelight. It's it, going it, to fall apart. Yeah. This is, like, this is an entire field of study. Like, this is actually a really yeah. fascinating... Go to, like, you, you know, I've always found the Crash Courses, if you want to yes. find out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of the Crash Course series of things on YouTube, um, that's gotten me through basically any science-based <laughs> classes I've had to take. And even some that aren't directly science. All my yeah. psych classes where I'm like... What brain do? Tell me what brain do. How brain do like this? How brain? How brain do things? How brain like chemical? How, how brain think? How brain memory? Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. My search is made by a six-year-old. So this is where Daniel catches on. It's a terraformer. So the one thing. It's, ch- it's changing the environment to support sulfur-based life instead of carbon, right. basically. And back on the planet, they are not packing up. No. They are not leaving. Teal tells Daniel and Jack that the Incarns don't want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, they head into the tent with all the elders to go, you're stupid, it's time to go. <laughs> and they're like, we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going. They can take our lives, <laughs> but they can't take <laughs> our freedom! <laughs> I've only recently watched that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah okay. Never seen it before until I was like, hey, this is on Netflix. I'll watch this It's now. an intense film. I don't watch it often. No, I was like, hey, five minutes in. This is a lot of dead. A lot was, of dead. It was like we were scrolling through things and we came across Schindler's List and I was like, that's no. not a movie that we just need to sit down and watch with yeah, our dinners on a Saturday night. I don't know night. that's a, that's a feel-good movie. <laughs> exactly. No. No, it's not. Yeah. But anyways, the Incarns make some good points. <laughs> Have a party and just set it up playing in the background. <laughs> what, like this is weird? Remember history. Or you're doomed to repeat it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and go. Episode. So they make some good points. <laughs> you know, they can't go to another planet because there's another planet that can't be... Like, we can't find another planet. So if we right. go anywhere else, we're going to die. Yeah. We can't evacuate the entire Incarn population, and we're not going to leave our people behind. Right. So generations ago, they were taken from their homeworld. They've been looking and praying for a new homeworld. We found it. We're now going to stay and fight for it. Yeah. And Jack's like... Basically, they've been displaced immigrants forever. Exactly. They finally found a place. I don't blame them. They're like, no, we fucking just sat down. Yeah. We just sat down. We just... We're not getting up again. Yeah. Uh, And Jack's like, you guys are fucking serious? Yeah. Get to work with me here. And Elium is like, well, I mean, you have weapons to help us fight, right? Yeah. Teach us to fight. Teach (laughs) us to fight, by the way. We want to stay here. We want to fight. Give me We fire, don't know power. how to fight. Also, what is weapon? <laughs> how do weapon work? <laughs> um, Dana's like, well, we're going to try to talk with them first. 
we don't know, you know, they can't just be just be here to destroy you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hetty knows that if the Incarns are going to die, they're going to die here together. Yeah. There's something to their spirit. Yeah. You got to give them that. So Sam has set up the gear by the gate and the rest of the team comes up. Uh, Jack really wants to know, you know, what a few well-placed stinger missiles would do damage-wise. Uh, and Sam is like, well, we don't know what the ship's made of. And Tilk's like, well, uh, we don't know what shields they have. And Jack's like, I was just fantasizing, guys. Just yeah. asking questions. They're like, just no, nothing. Like mosquito bites. <laughs> yeah, mosquito bites. will do. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if the ship is like me and it gets a mosquito bite, yeah, I mean, it's gonna just like spend half the whole your time arm will dead me in a G. <laughs> anyway. It's just gonna spend the rest of the the episode it trying itch, to itch yeah, itself. Yeah, trying to itch itself in a place <laughs> it can't itch. Get nothing done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daniel is sure that any intelligent intelligence capable of building that machine, that ship, is capable of reason. Mm-hmm. And Sam's question is: Is will they listen at all? And and Jack's question is, will they have ears? Yeah. <laughs> because God forbid we think with a more reasonable solution. No, they may not even have ears. Let's just exactly. take it all the way back. So, and at that point, they're all suddenly beamed away and sh- beamed up to the ship. Yes. I love that the random beaming of things. Yeah. Like, and you're here now. <laughs> that would freak me out. <laughs> is this the first time we've seen something other than uh, the Asgard beam them up like that? Because um, even the Asgard doesn't do it quite like that, right? No, the Asgard have just taken Jack right out of They're a meeting. They're just like, we're done. They've taken him out of a whole way yeah. in a mid-sentence. There's no, like, pomp and circumstance no. and, like, cool little visual. Yeah, no, They're just like, this is, you're not blinking, you're gone yep, now. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so... They, you know, someone heard them, clearly, on the ship. Safe to assume that uh, this is the ship they're on. Right. I'm assuming. Yeah. We're possibly. Just for. Sam points out that, you know, they went through a ton of effort to change the atmosphere there on the planet, but the air up here on the ship is breathable. It's like they're expecting them. Mm. The call is coming from inside the house. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the team looks around. Sam is touching walls. Jack's like, you probably shouldn't be touching Don't weird touch drawers things. and shit. So naturally, Daniel opens a drawer. Touch this thing? Jack yeah. is like, what did I just say? I told you guys not to touch things. It's like, yeah, it's like going into a brand new dungeon. Yeah. It's like being the smarter wizard of the group. And being, and then you've got this like melee. Fool of a tool. Like, I touch this now. I touch this now. What's this do? Save us all the trouble and throw yourself in next time. (laughs) What's this do? I'm just being inspired. You're just being Mary and Pippin. Yeah. It's basically. Being Mary and Pippin. I'm just, you know, getting some inspiration. To be fair, are, might be my two favorite people yeah. on the fellowship. And think about it. If you played them in D&D, little halflings with, like, yeah. what, rogues, maybe? Yeah, I can imagine the rogues. Um, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> what this I do? mean, they have high, very high charisma. Yeah, that's true. They yeah. have very high charisma. <laughs> um, so anyway, he then opens a second one because... <laughs> and they look to be full of tissue samples. Not sure of what, though. <laughs> Although logic would dictate the ship is terraforming a planet mm. and reason that these are the life forms the planet's being created for. But that wouldn't be it. That wouldn't... <laughs> recreating an entire civilization. Uh, each one is like a, you know, planet, animal, insect, alien. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a guess, Sam yeah. says. But it's a good one, Lotan says as he walks in. Dun, dun, dun. And yeah. uh, everyone kind of puts their weapons up because they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Jack wants you? to know what's going on. 
Uh, Lotan is a biomechanical representation of the beings now occupying the planet. A few Incarns were scanned when they were first encountered, and the ship randomized and selected a similar appearance in one day. <laughs> uh, Lotan figures out that they are not Incarns. <laughs> no. Uh, Daniel introduces them and says that they are friends of the people the ship is wiping out. Um, Lotan does find that unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. Um, but he was created to deliver a message to them, but they kind of disappeared by the time he was completed. Uh, Jack points out that that's called running away (laughs) to avoid being slaughtered. Yeah. Uh, Jack is a little snippy this entire episode. He's pretty angry. He's a little upset. He's pretty angry. It takes him a while. Yeah. All he can see is, is a bully, basically. A giant. It's just a giant ship of bullies. Mass murdering bully. Yep. And he's got to protect the little guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Lotan doesn't wish any harm to come to the Incarns, but, you know, they won't be able to exist on the planet's new environment. And Jack is then, like, will then stop transforming it. Yeah. And Daniel, like, is the one person here that kind of understands the situation that's going on here. He understands both sides. They're trying to communicate the best way they can, but Jack just wants to talk to the PR guy's boss. Well, there's this whole, um... I think there's a there's a through line there's this theme throughout where the di- diplomacy takes being able to see both sides. Yes, you uh, don't have and, to agree and, with both sides. No, and and that's the thing is Daniel somehow manages to do this. Jack is his heart is so full with the idea of saving these incarnates yeah. that he's like everyone else is the enemy. Yep. There's no matter what, everyone else is the enemy. And so I like that that's where this starts. Yeah. But yeah, Daniel gets to be our star. You know, yeah. he's the ambassador for the <laughs> Earthlings and the Incarnate. Hold, take that, UN. Ambassador Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's hit- That sounds like a really cool movie, but it's not like an ambassador. It's like a secret agent. <laughs> I don't oh, know why. See, I see it as like the librarian. Oh, I like that. But starring Daniel Jackson instead of Noah I Wiley. I like that. Ambassador Jackson. <laughs> um, Emphasis on bad. Which, no. by the way, is basically just a version of Warehouse 13. Or ass. Sorry. What? <laughs> I'm just saying words now. Ambassador. <laughs> Lotte leads them to a different room and shows them a projection of the Gadmir. They are the ones that built this ship. It's fully automated. They placed all of their knowledge in the ship's memory. Science, math, medicine, art, philosophy, 10,000 years of civilization. Uh, They were an extremely peaceful race, and they fell victim to superior military power. So Mm -hmm. they built this ship in hopes that their civilization can be born again far from the reaches of their enemies, which is a very grand and wonderful statement. Yeah, a beautiful thing, except you're about to kill a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel is basically a kid in a candy store and wants to study all of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, no problem. Uh, I can give you translations. English is, like, stupid in comparison to my language. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like stick language. It's basically, yeah, it's no good. What words do? Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jack wants to get back to the topic. Lotan says that the ship has the material to only transform one planet, and now that it started, it has to be finished, or the entire Gadmir civilization will be lost forever. Hmm. The Ankarans must leave, or they will die. Yeah, this is basically quite a quandary. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no one's here with malicious intent, Mm-mm. but your good intent is still going to cause the mm-hmm. death of an entire civilization. Exactly. So, what do you do? Because it's like. 
you've essentially got two sets of displaced immigrants. Yep. And they're both looking at the same house going, but I want it, but I'm already here. But you weren't here when I came to buy it. So now I'm here to buy it. Well, you can find some similarities in current (laughs) geopolitical environments as well. Yeah, there's some, uh, yeah, I was, we might write that up at the end of the thing, but there's, you know, it it really is just this, um, this idea of of displaced immigrants and how the key to a lot of what we're trying to figure out is, is, is finding a way to understand both sides, whether we agree with them or not. You have to just know what it is. You can't have just the enemy yeah. and the good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no such There's thing. There's no such thing. Um, and so this is where the problem is. The incarns can't leave either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's unfortunate, Lotan says. Uh, can you please explain to him the situation? And then he beams him off the ship. Ta-da! So terraforming. Yes. Is a popular topic. Yes. And it's it's like rooted in science fiction. I always think of Katamari Damacy. Because I feel like that's basically well, I think in the first one he's making stars, but aren't they making planets with his little ball? So it's like, yeah, terraform this. We so it's magic. Is we what I'm played saying. a lot of Kazmari in college <laughs> to the point of we had cakes that said Katamari Damashi. That's awesome. And other references from the game. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Um, so the name comes from science fiction. Okay. Um, it's usually, credit's usually given to Jack Williamson and published in 1942 in Astounding Science Fiction, uh, the pulp magazine, which, by the way, he passed away in 2006 at 98 years old, and he published a 300-plus page novel the year before. Holy shit. (laughs) So he was just like, I'm not allowed to die until this is done. Well, it's not like, he published a novel at 97. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Talk about needing to finish a project. Yeah. Man, that's cool. He was a, he just was, and it's not like he wrote like two or three novels. He was just (laughs) one of those people that like word vomit constantly and just put word vomit out. And that's really highly entertaining to read. More things to, yeah. Yeah. Some people have a lot to say. Yes. So outside of science fiction, the consensus usually is that Mars is the most likely candidate for terraforming. Oh, okay. And, um, well, we may already have the technology to do it, actually. Okay. It's, the costs are outside of realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. It's we like, don't have an alien ship that can shoot fire. Yeah. Uh, but we do, like, we, there is a good chance we have the technology to actually terraform. Wow. Um, at least some of the, some of the hypotheses and some of the plans that I've put out there mm. do use, do use either current technology or basically five years more advanced technology. You know what I mean? Like, it's not out of the realms. Do you think we'll get to Mars in our lifetime? Like, as people? Yes. That would be so awesome. Yes. I do believe we'll be to Mars. Let's do it. Yes. Do you think you and I can go? (laughs) Like, you think they'll let us go on a weekend? Sure. (laughs) Yes. We'll just call in sick on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, come in. I'm on Um, Mars. I mean, to be fair, we can't even really agree to terraform Earth, which is actually called geoengineering on Earth. If you're going to try to apply some of these principles to help out the Earth. Oh, wow. It's called geoengineering. That's well, we not can't necessarily successfully do that here, so Mars is probably a few years off. Um, Damn. There's an article I know well, because, again, it's written by a favorite person of mine. Yay. His name is Carl Sagan. I, I may name. have 
I may have, you know, refused my love of him. Carl Sagan? Billions and billions of times have I mentioned his name. Um... Which, by the way, he never he did he never actually said that. That's really it's that was like an ongoing yeah, joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was that from? It was somebody like, it was, pretending to be him, right? Yeah. It was. Um, was it a Sanal or something? No, like that? no. It was. Uh, it was um, Snake Show. It was Johnny. Uh, it was oh, Carson. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because he was on the show fairly often. Okay. And that was him basically being yeah snotty. And one of his last books he wrote before he died, snotty. he actually like he called it like billions or whatever and he actually he goes, "Fine, here I've said it now." <laughs> That's awesome. Um but he talks in this in this article, he talks about um I forget when this was. It was late 60s, something like that. Okay. Um he talks about seeding the atmosphere of Venus with algae, oh. which would remove the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and bring down the extreme greenhouse effects because Venus is basically one giant runaway greenhouse effect. Oh, okay. Um, and and later we did find out that this turned out to be impossible for different reasons, but because we discovered Venus's clouds are actually filled with concentrated sulfuric acid. That's no minor good. details. That's no good for humans. Uh, and in 1973, we he moved on on how we could ter- transform Mars. Um, a few years after that, that's when NASA started seriously talking about the idea as well. And it was called planetary ecosynthesis at that point. Wow. Yeah. Say that three times fast. It wasn't until the early 80s that terraforming moved from being science fiction to being associated with the actual terraforming and science right. type thing. Um, That's cool. I didn't know it had any validity in reality. Yeah. Any yeah. Type of- so Mars has a couple big issues. Um, it, it's a third of the gravity of okay. Earth, which... You know, not a ton we can do about that. It's very low atmospheric pressure, which means, you know, it's a hard, it's like if you're up on the tallest mountain and beyond that where you need oxygen right. gas because your lungs can't. So the air is thinner. It's to put it in layman's terms. way thinner. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lack of a magnetosphere, which blocks the solar radiation. Okay. Um, and because also I ran across this in my research and I just have to share you with the name of this because it's awesome. Okay. There is, and this is the official name of it. Okay. A treaty on principles governing the activities of states and the exploration of use of outer space, including the moon and other celestial bodies. Forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. It's like the outer space treaty. Treaty on principles governing, (laughs) what is it? The activities of space in, in the, something the exploration the exploration of and, and use of outer space <laughs> including the moon and other celestial bodies <laughs> no i can't say that acronym no you try to make an acronym out of it it starts top, with top top gun ta that was no fun for anyone but me, but it was really fun. Top GTA OS Ositivo Austin. It's like you're being possessed and speaking in tongues. I rebuke you. Okay. But the way terraforming works in this episode, that's not how terraforming works, guys. Okay. 
You don't just raise the ground. Like, see, no. to me, it looks no. a lot like when a farmer, like, yeah. just goes yeah, to yeah. town on that's, the field. That's not how terraforming works. You don't just go to town Because here's things. the thing. There's nothing stopping all that gas that you see behind it from, like, flowing in front of yeah. it and killing it. Like, this is not how terraforming works. <laughs> um... The whole other side of terraforming discussion has to deal with the ethics of terraforming, which are the main topics touched in this episode, actually. So, we'll get there. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Um, I just wanted to, and then, you know, this is where I got the AKA Megathea. Oh, nice. Because custom planet builders. Mega is now top GTA city. <laughs> I am not writing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm not. Just, no. I'm gonna like wake up in ten years from now and say this and not know what the hell it's from. My friend Jesse's just gonna like hit you with a pillow. Like, like you're you're dying. You're possessed <laughs> by the devil. Go away. <laughs> so the team, uh, the team goes back to the village, and they're like. So, did you speak of the aliens? Born child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I promise. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did they like to speak to the aliens? They're like, sort of. Yeah. Did it? Did it go? No, it did not go well. Yeah. No, it didn't. It didn't go. They well. were in petri dishes. It was real weird. So, before we start the next scene, yes, I don't know if you noticed the the thing at the base of the stairs. As Sam and Hammond are walking up the stairs in the control room. <gasps> no. Okay. You'll want to go back and rewatch it, possibly. Okay. Because I believe this is a big moment for Stargate. I believe this is the first showing up of Martin Wood, Dan Shea, and the Giant Wrench. Oh. So we have Major Wood. Major Wood. Major Wood. And in uh, Sergeant Siler. Uh-huh. He doesn't get a fun one. Um, but there's a giant... Just... A stupid giant wrench. How did I miss that? I don't know because I'm telling you, it's like two or three feet long. Like, it's just <laughs> no reason. Fucking Does wrench. it get like a guest star credit? Like, at least? Like, and and this is the thing. Most of the times, when from here on out, like most of the guest stars for Major Wood, Major Wood are just him <laughs> a with giant Dan wrench. Shea and a giant wrench in the background. Can we do a giant wrench count? Giant wrench count. We can do a giant, giant wrench count. count. Yes. A giant wrench count. <laughs> I have not seen it previous to here. Okay. So I believe this is his first appearance. If it has shown up earlier, guys, please let me know. Um, I'm going to call this one, and I'm going to take a big swig for it. <laughs> Giant wrench. Giant wrench. Um, but they're just literally, like, passing it back and forth and looking at it and, like, petting yeah, it. Yeah, it's a giant wrench. What do you think? I think it's pretty big, but I don't know that I'd call it giant. No, I think I'd call it giant. It's like... That's I not mean, that I big. I mean, I make it a grand no, no, no. wrench. It's like that big, Grace. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty big wrench. It's a pretty big. Maybe I, I'd call it super wrench. I'm gonna, That's the conversation they're I'm having. Gonna, I'm going to pull up the picture of it yes. when we're done here I'm to show you the giant wrench. Anyways, so back at the SGC in the control room as they pass the giant wrench, Sam explains that the samples show that the aliens are vulnerable to the same UV's radiation as the Incarans, so they need the exact same dense ozone as well. Like, it's literally right. two people need the same place to live. Yikes. So they walk into the briefing room with Daniel and Jack. Uh, it's already a little tense. Mm-hmm. Hammond wants to know if they can just stop the alien ship, which is kind of like the most logical thing someone has right. said yet. How about we see if they'll just stop so we can talk and have more than 26 hours? Yeah. 
Um, and Daniel wonders if they have the right to stop them. Uh, which Jack is like, excuse me? Oh, this is not yet when Hammond's like, let's pause the ship. He's actually talking about stopping it. Right. But Jack is like, what do you mean? Don't have the right to mm-hmm. stop them. Yeah. And Daniel Zan's like, look, I'm not insensitive to the Incarns, you know that. But we'd be interfering with the rebirth of an entire civilization. Mm-hmm. And Jack says it's freeze-dried aliens who lost the world a long time ago are the Incarns who are here now. But they're both life. And they're yeah. both life. And Daniel's like, I'm just trying to find a way here so let them both survive. Like, I'm yeah. not saying let's kill the Incarns. I'm I saying made, like, a little, like, pro-con list, yeah. I guess you'd say. It's like, okay, well, the Incarns are currently alive, but the Gadmir are an advanced race. Yeah. But the Incarns are really cool and they were already on the planet yeah so be, yeah it's not fair to ask either one to back down no um and Hammond asked the obvious question this is my obvious question why can't Loten just pause <laughs> wouldn't that solve wouldn't you just pause button just pause button yeah and we're just saying you can still terraform can you pause even if it's for a year yeah to give let us, us find a new planet yeah give us a little bit of a break here I mean, when you've been waiting 10,000 years, what's another two years? I mean, even when you get evicted out of an apartment, they give you more than 26 hours. Exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So, but apparently we never come across brainstorming that solution. Um, so, Lotan is just a messenger. He was created in the image of the Incarns that they could relate to him. And maybe we could use that to our advantage. Uh, it could make him more sympathetic to the Incarns. And Jack's like, it's a robot. Oh, Jack. I Robots know. have feelings too, except you they wouldn't don't. say that to Data. I mean, to be <gasps> fair, Data is an android who later on has emotions. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Because yeah. he's been hanging out along, <laughs> hanging out with my girl too long. I know. <laughs> I know. Travel get emotions out of anyone. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I will bleed you of emotions if not here. I have so many. <laughs> Take one for you and one for you. And you get an emotion. Yeah. And you, you get an emotion. <laughs> I know. You get one too, Kaylee. You get all of the panic emotions. Right now you have, why won't someone play with me emotions? <laughs> so, um... Or as I like to call it with Stormy, it's the Little Mermaid Syndrome. <sighs> because they just want to be where the people, people are. are. <laughs> they just want to see. Want to see, see those treats. <laughs> I don't care about dancing. Walking along I with I want to see those treats. Did you say walk? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're Squirrels! <laughs> anyway, so Daniel thinks it's kind of rude to just assume that he is incapable of feelings hmm. and that he can't think outside the box and Dan- Jack is having none of this. Right. He's like, we should just throw everything we have in them and destroy them. Yeah, Jack is not exactly taking the time to see the other side no. of the coin. There is no other side of the coin to him. Yeah. Um, and Hammond can't just order a military strike. Jack apologizes for taking a personal edge in all this, but he's been months getting to know them, and they trusted them, and they screwed him over. Right. Um, not intentionally, but mm-hmm. Hammond understands no one wants to see this end badly, but you have to find another way. There's not going to be weapons. And then Hammond dismisses them and walks out of the room, and it is very tense. Yeah, this is one of those where Hammond's like, um, I'm not going to get in this one. Yeah. I trust that you kids are smart enough. I'm going to let you figure it out. And I'm going to go over here and try not to shit my pants and make sure you rate the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is one where, where, like, Jack and Daniel are about ready to just kill each other. You're going to earn some XP points with this one? <laughs> as long as I stay out of it. 
<laughs> so they take him back out to the planet because Teal'c's still hanging out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elium points out that the ship is slowly coming closer, and Hetty is like, and we're not budging. Yeah. So it's a whole lot of stalemate. Yeah. And Elium is angry here, as is his rights. They brought him to this planet. They told him it was safe. They gave him technology to build. They have no way to stop the ship, though. Yeah. That's a little ungrateful, but I get why he's angry. It's ungrateful, but he has full rights to be... An, absolutely. He may be directing his anger at the wrong place. Right. But he has full rights the to be angry. The anger is absolutely yes. valid. Um, and Jack, and especially because he's about to, you know, have a spawn. Yeah. That may not even I, be spawned. I made a spawn creature. Yeah. I made a tiny and thing. Jack, Jack doesn't say anything to him, but he goes to ask, and this is a very, like, tough scene that's really yeah. juicy and amazing. He um, goes to, like, worst case scenario yeah. plan right he, away. He asks Sam how much Nacquid is in the reactor, and Daniel's like, I know where you're going with this, and blowing up the ship isn't what Hammond had in mind. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, well, we're in a no ins- we are in a Kirbyashi Maru situation. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, he can't just stand here and watch them all get slaughtered. And Daniel's like, so you're just going to blow up that ship? And Jack interrupts him, going, I have no other choice. And Daniel doesn't have, oh no, he goes, give me another choice. And Daniel's like, I don't have another one at the yeah. moment. And Jack's like, well, time is a factor, so you don't, give, you don't have time to think up a new one. So we're going to go with this. Right. Jack, he, Jack is, needs a plan B. He needs to save these people. He sees the, um, uh, the, the Gadmir. Yes, the game yeah. mirror as bullies. Yeah. They're just being cold and saying, yep. sorry, fuck off. We yep. found this. We want it now. Um, Jack asks Sam how to make an echo to bomb. And she tells him, well, it was actually designed specifically to not do that. Yeah. Um, but in theory, she reluctantly says that she could create a feedback loop and that would cause a big, giant explosion. Mm. Big enough. And Jack tells her that, look, Jack is making a choice to help these people. But if she doesn't make the bomb, he's out of options, which she knows. Mm-hmm. So Jack orders her to do it. And she walks away, not comfortable with the situation no, at all. but it is an order. And Jack is like, or Daniel is then like, fuck. Like, yeah. just, the fuck am I supposed to do now? <laughs> I ha- gotta hand it to Daniel is he, he doesn't, I like the way he looks for another option. Yeah. From here. Because he doesn't. He's not sitting there going, okay, I'm going to sit in Jack's face and convince him. Because yeah. that's not going to work. Because he knows that is an unmovable stone. And Daniel does what Daniel knows how to do best. He just goes in and gets to know the other side. And he even says that later. He's yeah. like, I'm doing my role in the way that it needs to get done. Yeah. And it's like he remembers. He, he stays true to who he is. Yeah. Uh, true to what he does. Uh, doesn't lose himself, doesn't lose his confidence. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know what? Let's find out everything. Let's yep. just find out as much as we can. Yep. Um, so Sam preps the reactor. It'll reach critical overload and blow a minute after you press the button on the remote. And mm-hmm. the ship will arrive here at this point in 50 minutes. Also, once it starts, there is no turning back. There mm-hmm. is no way to stop the overload. Um, and they place it behind a ridge to protect the village, and mm-hmm. they're in a little boat to get there. A little Zodiac boat. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Daniel and Teal'c are watching the ship arrive from the uh, village when Daniel goes to leave. Um, he's going to go try and talk to Lotan, and Teal'c reminds him not to be stupid and reveal the plan, and Daniel reminds him that he's not that stupid and he will not reveal the plan, um, but he wants to try to stop the plan from being needed right. in the first place. 
So Daniel gets beamed up to the planet. I have no clue how we told them to beam him up, but whatever. Mm. Uh, the Incarans aren't leaving. They have nowhere to go. Lotan's like, tough luck. By the way, I tried to breathe some of that sulfur environment. That's not good. That's that's not a thing that the Incarans can breathe. And Daniel's no. like, duh. That's what we were trying to tell you. <laughs> and then Lotan tries to play some... some Gadmead music has been heard for a <laughs> yeah. thousand years. It sounds unpleasant. It sounds like when I was in fourth grade trying to learn to play an instrument. It's like, oh god, oh god. And, and I'm pretty sure what they did for that soundtrack is they just recorded like the the middle school band yeah, warming up, and then just distorted it a little bit, just a yeah. little bit, <laughs> uh, just to bring it in tune again. Yeah, specifically like my middle school band. <laughs> Mine was not much better. Um, <laughs> And and he's parents, like, the things you go through like, for your children. To be fair, the parents it's only one instrument at the house. Yeah, that's true. But then they have to come to these shows and pretend to be enjoying themselves. But at the time he gets to the show, it's not just kids warming up. There at least is a song that you can understand. Make, make out? Yeah. yeah. I can make out a song and there's free cookies, so I think yeah. I'll have yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's always like some like reed instrument. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's just so weird. <laughs> yep, I did not play reed instrument. I didn't squeak, uh, <laughs> except when I did play a reed instrument and I did squeak. Squeaked. Yeah, I played saxophone a couple years too. Anyway, so he's like, "That's not how this music should sound." Apparently, it wasn't designed for human ears. <laughs> how our ears are designed. Yeah, our ears. Are, I'm going to tell people that when they don't yeah. like my music. Your ears aren't designed Your for ears it. Ears just aren't designed for it. <laughs> you don't know good things. So Daniel gets to the point. Lotan will be reintegrated into the ship systems when this is over. He'll die-ish. Uh, but Daniel asks, "Do you want to die?" Don't you want to see the planet, meet the people before it's transformed and they're dead? Mm-hmm. He's like, why would I do that? He's like, because it might help you consider alternate solutions. The ship will continue on its own without you. Just come take a look because it's in a book. <laughs> it's a reading, a reading rainbow. rainbow. I, I was can't not go anywhere. You know one of the high points in my life was singing that with LeVar Burton? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing that actually got to happen to me. Nice. It'll be, yeah. I actually, I actually continued singing it past when he stopped. And he's like, I can't anymore. Actually, he looked at me and then he continued again. And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, so Jack and Sam uh, start walking to the village when they get off the boat. And Sam, look, she doesn't mean any disrespect. Um, but she's having serious doubts on if this is the right thing. Like, yeah. I don't think it's less doubts and more of, I don't think this is the right well, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sam doesn't have the ire that's driving Jack, no. so her, she can tune into her other emotions a little bit easier. Uh, Jack is not an amoral dude. He's no, just he's so not. caught up yeah. in his own anger yeah. that he just can't see past it. And she's also extremely frustrated, as I'm sure any everyone is. Again, that great metaphor for some of the things in life right now. Yeah, <laughs> that, that there's seemingly no good option. Right. Like, she's like, I don't know what to do, but this is not the thing to do. Yeah. Um, she wants to talk him out of this, and she hands him the remote. Um, Daniel introduces Lotan to the planet. Uh, the air isn't as pure as on the ship, but this is better than, this is, this is better than the mm-hmm. ship, Lotan thinks. And he's fascinated by the design and function of trees. 
Oh, yeah. Well, trees are pretty fancy. They are pretty fancy. So Jack arrives back at the village and Tilk tells him where Daniel went. And Jack's like, ah, why didn't you stop him? He's like, "Mm, because I don't disagree with his intentions. And Jack's like, god damn it, all of you. Just come on, Tilk. You mean one person supposed to be on my side. Why can't you just stay angry with me? I want to blow things up. Um, And Jack reminds him that they're going to blow up the ship. And Tilk is like, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing you said would happen. So Jack reaches, you know, calls Daniel via the radios, yelling to him, go tell me you're not on that ship. He's like, okay, I'm not on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's talking to Lotan. And Teal'c reminds Jack that Daniel isn't stupid enough to tell Lotan about the bomb. Right. And Daniel reminds him that they have 15 minutes. And Daniel reminds Jack that he's trying to give them the other choice that he asked for. Mm. And to just hold up. We're on the way back to the village. We'll just, we'll see you in a minute. I'm going to get off the phone now. Yeah. Lotan claims that Daniel disobeyed his superior, and Daniel's like, no, not exactly. He is Mm -hmm. choosing the best way to fulfill his function, Mm -hmm. because sometimes hierarchical command structures don't allow you to consider all possible options. That's true. And I'm impressed as Abram pronounced hierarchical. Good job. Correctly-ish. Twice now. Uh, (laughs) And Daniel's like, let's let's just get back to the village. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and apparently when they were filming the scene, there was a bear around the set. Hey! Which just causes more excitement. The, well, you know, the bear was really angry too. And apparently there's one actor who basically was like, I'm not coming out of my trailer. They were like, the bear was like, holy shit, guys, what are they doing to the planet? That actor was apparently Chris Judge. Oh, oh really? I know. <laughs> well, because the bear might, you know, think he's a mate. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else, it's like, oh, silly human, I eat you. You are human, I eat you. You are a giant human. It was my size. I like that. I take you. You are my wife now. (laughs) So Lieutenant Daniel beam into the village, and Jack's like, Daniel, what the fuck? Bear mate, dating show. I'm sorry. Well, there's a new one called First Date, so... <laughs> there is, yeah. Anything's possible. And this is just called First Mates. First... Oh, wait. Wasn't there... Shipmates was Shipmates. the Chris Hardwick one. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm done. It was not good. Uh, and and Sam calls over... She's at the Stargate, so every time we hear her, she's at the Stargate. Yes. Calls over the radio. It's ten minutes. Dan introduces them to... Lo- introduces Lotan to Elam. Mm-hmm. And explains who Lotan is, and Dan introduces Eliam's wife, uh, Nika, and Hetty, the village leader. Mm-hmm. And Hetty comes over and feels his face to see him and ask if he can now see the lives that he's about to extinguish if this ship continues its path. Lotan notices that Nika is very pregnant and that the new life won't be a new life if the ship doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And Lotan understands that he was brought here to elicit sympathy for these people. And Daniel points out that, in a way, these are his people, too. And don't you wish that you could save them? And Lotan's like, I'm being called back to the ship. Now, (laughs) let's go. I have feelings, so I have to run. And Daniel's like, take me with you. And Jack's like, don't you dare. And then (laughs) Lotan and Daniel are beamed away. (laughs) Sam calls out five minutes. And Jack says that Daniel just beamed up. And Sam's like, well, fuck. Now what? The ship is almost in position. (laughs) Yeah. And there's no other time to do that. This is it. Except in five minutes. This is where you decide. Do you kill Daniel? 
do you kill these people? What yeah. Do you do? So Lotan was called back to the ship because it detected an unusual device capable of emitting great amounts of energy. Dun, dun, Lotan dun. wonders if it is there to try and stop the ship. And Daniel is like, I'm not going to try to pretend anymore. Look, I don't agree with what they're doing. But I don't want to see the Incarns wiped out. And mm. Lotan says that if they don't leave, there's no other option. Right. Sam calls up. The ship is in position. And we see Jack really doesn't know what to do now that Daniel's on the ship. Yeah, because now one of his own men is in there. Yeah, and Sam reminds him that if he's going to do it, he has to do it now. Because basically she has no clue. At that point after that, the... the the reactor is going to get hit by the depth firewall. Right. And, and who knows what do anything. that's going to happen yeah. when you combine death firewall and Nakoda reactor. Yeah, that seems like a great combination. Yeah. Especially on a planet you're trying to save. Exactly. Um, so Teal'c actually states that Daniel has made his choice. Mm-hmm. And Jack hits the button. Okay. And the reactor starts to overload. Which Lotan can detect. And mm-hmm. Daniel valiantly can, tries to convince Lotan that he can stop this ship. Not, in, you know, like, it's not about what you want to do. Can you stop the right. ship? He agrees that it's possible. He's like, okay. Then think about all the people down there that you would be destroying. He's programmed to serve the life on the ship. Mm-hmm. Is what he says. He's like, I don't care about who's, I'm programmed to serve the life on the ship. He's like, okay, fine. They were an advanced people with laws, with justice, respect for life. How will they, you know, how can they be, their, that entire civilization be recreated through an act of mass murder? Right. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that would just, rem- everything that they if were. If these were peaceful people, they wouldn't want that. Yeah, what a terrible way to come back into the world. It would be a betrayal of what they stood for. Mm-hmm. And Lotan isn't here just to serve the ship. He's here to protect the integrity of life on the ship. Sam calls out 60 seconds of detonation, and the ship stops. And the death wall fire stops. Yes. And Jack and Teal'c and the villagers notice as well, and Jack tells Daniel over the radio that he has 30 seconds. On the ship, Daniel's like, yeah, so about that device, I don't actually know how to turn it off. <laughs> Can you do anything about it? So Lotan naturally beams it up onto the ship. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this is really interesting. Dan's like, no time no, to be curious. No, no. Just Can do something kill it or it. not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam counts down the final five seconds, and just then it gets shot into the sky and explodes, fireworks style, at yeah. the end of Star Wars when the Death Star is <laughs> exploding in the air. It's, yeah, um, I mean, it's it really is the best thing to do when you've got something that big and you have to set it up to shoot it far away yeah, from everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I swear one of the Avengers movies did that. I'm pretty sure they all do. Uh, So on the ship, the conflict still remains. Millions of planets were scanned, Lotan says, but only one meant the specs. And Daniel wonders if there's any others that are close. Mm -hmm. Not, like, for the ship, because I know there's, like, so many specifications, but for the Incarns. And Lotan regrets that he didn't consider this possibility sooner. Daniel's like, you would have gotten to it eventually. Yeah. Um, But he goes, one was rejected. Because the, for three reasons, the core temp was too warm, the size was too large, and there's already intelligent life forms. This is might be where I started crying. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did cry a little and, bit. And Lotan had this, has come to this realization that the planet's up, you know, pulled up in, in 3D or whatever. And he realizes that based on the descriptions, he believes that they are the Incarans. Hmm. So back in the village, Daniel and Lotan beam down to the tent, and Daniel tells them Lotan has a compromise. Right. 
He explains that I've used too many resources, so I can't start another planet. I require the incarnates to give up this world. Yeah, and I love that they start with that. It's like, yeah. that's not how you start a compromise. You don't so, say, I'm going to terraform your planet. That's not yeah. the thing. Jack just rolls his eyes. Elium is like, I don't think you understand the meaning of the yeah. word compromise. Yeah. Um, and then Daniel announces... It's okay, though, because we found the original Incarn homeworld. Ta-da! Which shocks everyone. And Jack is like, you know, how? Yeah. Like, why are you just telling us this now? Why didn't you tell us this a while ago? And he goes, and Jack, Daniel reminds him that he's only a day and a half old. Yeah, give, give him a break. Give him a break. Give, 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 give him a break. So the Incarn homeworld has no star. He's literally a baby. He's a baby. Uh, as no Stargate, but, you know, they happen to have a, a friend who has a large spaceship that can take them. Yeah. And then after they take them, the ship then can come back and finish the terraforming process. Ta-da! And Lotan doesn't have to be integ- reintegrated. Hetty says that he is an Incarn, and he can stay with them. Oh, that part also made me cry. Oh. Because it's like, oh, look, now he has a home and friends and people that he saved, but almost and he doesn't have to die-ish. Yeah. Uh, I, and I, I want to see, like, where's my little side story of of Lotan trying to uh, become an incarnate? You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, he is yeah. still mostly just a droid. He is. And even, like, he says words weird or, like, <laughs> the meanings don't mean things to him. Or where's my short story about incarnate falling in love? There you go. <laughs> so, um, and Hetty tells them to spread word among the villages. They are going home. Ta-da. And then we see the villages beamed up to a ship. And then they fly away. I really like this one, and I cried a couple times. I cried when Daniel helped figure out that we were going to get another planet. <laughs> I cried when they gave Lotan home, when they were like, you are a friend now. You are a friend. You, you are a friend. I love you. Yes. Come stay with us. <laughs> so, yeah, I cried. I think this, um, where am I? This goes up. Um, gosh, I don't know what to get rid of. Um I can't remember what Divide and Conquer was. Oh, wait. No, I do. Yeah. That's Sam and Jack Love yeah. story. Uh, which one's Crossroads? Crossroads is, um, is, damn it. That's, uh, the, the that's the, the teal one. I just keep singing the Bone Thugs and Harmony song. It, it is not. See the, you at the Crossroads. Yeah, it's the one with, it's the one with, uh. With, with the girl? With, yeah. With his friend? With Sean Ack. Okay. Um, I may have to lose Crossroads. Okay. And move Watergate up and upgrades up. Okay. And then I'm going to put Scorch Stars in because it made me feel feelings. Um, I love this show. Yes, it doesn't go on my top. Okay. Now, I do have one question left. Yes. Um, so they're going to come back and they're going to terraform the rest of this planet. Yes. Um, and the, where does the Stargate go? That's a good question. Will the Stargate be destroyed? Right. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, where are they going to put it otherwise? How do yeah. they, they can't, like, pick it up. Well, I mean, I'm sure the, that ship can pick that Stargate up. It can beam it up if necessary. So, and so, well, now, if it does do that, one, does the Stargate get destroyed? Or two, does the Stargate end up on the Incarnate's planet? Do they it bring could. it back to this planet? It could It could move. I mean, the address would change. The home symbol would, but the address for it would change. So how, um, how do you, who gets custody of the Stargate? Yeah. <laughs> who gets custody of the Stargate in the divorce? You know what I mean? Like, who gets to, do they take turns holding it? That's gotta be a nightmare to dial. <laughs> you don't want to do shared custody of a Stargate. Yeah. 
Um, but that was my my one my one little like final question was yeah. like where Stargate go? <laughs> Stargate because yeah. uh, you know I'm not about grammar today. I had too much cider and not enough food, guys. I've had no food today, but I had to drink cider. That's how I usually roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have another Martin Wood cameo. We're up to five, and then Major we can, Wood. Oh, Major Wood, and then we can start our giant wrench. Gigantic. One. <laughs> I almost went into a Pixies song there for you. I think it's the Pixies. It's the Pixies. Gigantic. Gigantic. Yes. I had to remember how to spell gigantic, and I think I word. actually spelled it correctly. You did. Um. So, yeah. What's next? What's next? Next up is Beneath the Surface. Ooh. Um... I think this I this one this one is one that for some reason sticks out in my head as one of the ones from season four all the time. So okay, um, um, I think that's a good thing. I yeah, think. I don't know. I can't get anything out of that title right now. Nope. But I'm interested, um, and you guys will hear all about our reactions next week. Um, keep in touch with us. You can find us on Facebook um, at There's No Place Like Tara. Yes. Or you can tweet us. At, sorry, that was my line. That's okay. I can't really continue that. <laughs> we, you can find us on, on Twitter at Tara Podcast. I made it backwards. I started it backwards. I'm changing things up. <laughs> I can't uh, You follow. can also email us at there's no place like Tara at gmail.com. Uh, you can rate and us on iTunes. And, and we like when that happens. I like people saying nice things. You know, I'm a middle child. I feel I need to feel validated. I'm an old child. Like <laughs> I just assume everyone thinks everything I do is awesome. <laughs> That's what happens when you're the oldest child. Please give me gold stars. I need them to live. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. We love you. See ya. Bye.